Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Beyond Conversations, a podcast with Ian and Deborah Matchett and special guests every week. Uh, so we're delighted to have some special guests with us that have known Deborah pretty much since year dot. So uh, Deborah, I'm going to hand over to you. Who are we chatting to today? Well, we the joy of Zoom, we can talk to people all over the place. Um, so we have a couple called Joy and Brian Steele. Uh, and they live down in England, but they've lived all over the place, had many adventures in various different countries um, and just have a real heart for people and hospitality and they're so generous and warm. And so we thought that they would have some great stories for uh, for us to hear and to, to share today. Um, I don't know if I could introduce you without sharing the carrot story, though, because that's really the, <laughs> the, the, <clears throat> the, the main... Um, the main thing that our kids remember Brian particularly for is they call him Mr. Carrotman. And this was a particular visit that we had just a few years ago. I'm trying to think how old Aidan was now. Uh, he was maybe five or so. Um, and we would we were visited for a couple of days and every every mealtime, I think, Brian would appear behind Aidan um, and there would be a little carrot poking out of his head and he'd pick it off and, uh, and say, oh, there's carrots grown out of your head. Now that sounds quite random, but actually Aidan did have an Olaf onesie at the time, which had the carrot nose. So there was there was context for that. But uh, the kids absolutely found it hysterical. Uh, and so even to this day, uh, and probably forevermore, Brian will be carrot man. Yeah, the carrot um, man. But we, we just had such a, a lovely visit um, and just, you know, just feels like there's such a great heart connection. Um, even though we don't see you guys that often. And so we just really appreciate that about you. So, um, would you like to share a little bit about yourselves and what's going on in, for you in life at the moment? Well, we moved to um, Rutland uh, almost three years ago now um, to uh, be involved in building church here. Felt God was calling us to this area. Um, theory, theory was to be slightly semi-retired, although reality is with lockdown and the opportunity of some work, um, I used that to keep myself busy through that period. Um, it's been really interesting time, actually, because it's the, there's almost been a time of sifting. It's really mm. tested where one's foundations are with regard to faith. Um, and actually, it's been lovely because we've we've been hosting a couple of prayer meetings each week, and. Um, we see 90-odd-year-olds on with Zoom every week for these <laughs> prayer meetings and stuff. And it's great because they're, they're home alone, but it's giving them an opportunity to connect virtually. Um, and actually, the, the faith of some of these stalwarts has been a real encouragement to see as well. Absolutely. So we have uh, three children, all grown up and married, and we have five grandsons. So we're working on the football team. Um, <laughs> yeah, so of course, none of them are local to us. So that that was my indication that it was God moving us because we've moved away from our kids and our grandkids. And I wouldn't naturally do that if this wasn't yeah. a God thing. So um, that, that was confirmation for us. So yeah, that's us really in a nutshell. Indeed, I'm sure uh, whenever we get you guys get to have family get-togethers again, the five boys will be 
uh, a sight to behold altogether once they're <laughs> once they're all mobile once they're all running around the place it'd be noise level rammed up again your neighbors will wonder what's going on absolutely fortunately we've got a decent sized garden for them <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i was um thinking back you know with an idea of uh when I first met Deborah and her parents, and um, of course she was probably about three or four when I first met her and used to yeah, babysit for her. And Deborah was my one and only bridesmaid. So there's been a connection there for a long time. And um, I, I was thinking when when uh, Ian and, and Deb asked us to chat with them that that one of the couples who really taught me um about hospitality were, were actually liz and john bathgate um deb's parents who opened their home to me as a as a, a young single christian girl in a strange town and opened their homes to me and were just like family to me instantly and um and i think We've learned a lot from them over the years um, with their children being a bit older than ours and so picking their brains and you, you know, but, but I think um, certainly Liz and John have taught, taught us a lot about hospitality, which I know you, you're very <laughs> aware of and yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, get, get to experience a lot of, which is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so great to grow up in a home where there was just always an open door. You know, there's always an invitation for people to come. And usually, you know, half the kids in the street were running through the house doing all sorts. And um remember a particularly wacky youth group we used to have on a Friday night where, you know, we'd get up to all all hijinks all over the place and um, mad games of hide and seek and yeah, just apps, you know, just great times where you just felt like, you know, everybody was welcome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so just um, I don't know if you've any other stories of how you've been blessed by by people in that or if you want to just share about how you've then chosen to to make those choices in your own family life. Well, I think. Um, all right. From, yeah, I think for us, we start with the premise that everything we have is God's. So any home that we've ever lived in is his. It's not ours. We just are thankful for it and use it. So any car that we have, any resources we have are his and, and not ours. And so it's really listening to what he's saying. And as he prompts, he's prompted us over the years to lend or give or, you know, open um, things up for other people that that's as a response to knowing that it's his not ours anyway so um you need to start with that that foundation yeah. really because then but then then that makes that a lot easier when when maybe the sort of your your normal natural self is to mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. let's just have a weekend just the two you know just just us and but actually, I think hand on heart, we can say there's never been a time where we've regretted having that open door policy and that our fridge is your fridge policy. And, you know, um, God's always blessed us. Mm. I, mean, I think, 
you know, that it is a reality that sometimes you think, oh, I could just do with a bit of space. For sure. Or life feels really busy. Um, and I maybe get into that a little bit more than Joy does. But I think I think if you open your home up and it doesn't become a big production for me. So if people are just coming and they accept us as we are, I cope much better with it um, <laughs> yeah. than, than if there's lots of preparation to do beforehand. Um, but actually the experience is that when people arrive, um, it's usually a great time. And I think the really interesting thing about church is it brings people together from all sorts of backgrounds, you know, whether that's race or socioeconomic or whatever, um, or even where they are with their walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, it brings all sorts of different people together. Um, and the interesting thing is that, you know, getting together socially, getting together over a meal just breaks down so many barriers. Yeah. Um, and, I, and in time, you know, we, we've occasionally had um, it said as though, you know, a particular family can't get involved with their life group. That's the small group during the week um, because their work um, sure. takes up evenings mm -hmm. and prevents them. So th there was a view that they're not interested. And actually, we once discovered this family when we talked to them, they, they were so thankful to be asked along to a lunch on a Sunday mm. right. and that actually turned into being a starting point where they made time quite often um, for one of them at least to join us and sometimes even host us for a life group so it's interesting how often people look at people and they prejudge situations mm. yeah. and just creating that opportunity where they can get a toe in the door if you like mm -hmm. you know particularly over something like just getting together as a big group for Sunday lunch um, can be a turning point for them. I was thinking that when you're sharing because it's so easy, isn't it, to to have a well. Here's what I can give, so I'm only going to give this, like a kind of predetermined said mentality. But just combining what both of you said, having the attitude of all we have is God's anyway. Let's meet the needs of people as opposed to just offer oh, this narrow version of what we think we can give. You know, it's such mm -hmm. a wonderful way to to kind of walk with open hands, walk walk with that way of. Uh, expecting to meet the needs in someone whether it be just as mm. as you are uh all, all we can do is offer what we who we are isn't it <laughs> yeah uh, absolutely good, bad and ugly uh, do you feel the pressure if you have people in the in the house to be nice morning people <laughs> we are nice morning people of course of course <laughs> i'm not so good late at night but um yeah no i I was just thinking back over that because we've had a real mix of people who've lived lived with us over the years. And um, thinking of one guy who came because he'd been made redundant and so he didn't feel that he could commit to another year renting a particular house. So we said, well, come live with us for a few weeks till you get yourself sorted out. And he stayed for like 18 months, didn't he? <laughs> so, you know, sometimes... Um, that when if we'd known that it was going to be 18 months i think maybe we'd have been a bit more hesitant to be yeah. and yet actually it just flowed and worked and he was just part of the family and you know we've had other we had an old elderly couple who were really struggling where they were living and needed needed to just have a break and before they found somewhere else and they they lived with us and actually that was fine they just 
did their own thing actually didn't they, they did largely, cooked yeah. their own food you know so it was it isn't even as if you have to be mm -hmm. um i don't know organizing everything and cooking all the time i think i think that one of the things we were discussing in preparation for this was how we've always kind of done house rules if people are going to come and live with us yeah. it's obviously very different if you're just opening your door and people are coming for meals or just hanging out with you but if people are, are going to live with you for a year or, or whatever um we've we found it really helpful uh, and learned probably the hard way but found really helpful yeah. that um ground rules house rules are really helpful for them and for us so so there's none of those awkward um what time do you get you know get up in the morning yeah. is it all right to come down at all that sort of stuff if you deal with it up front then it makes it just makes the stay so much hmm. much easier much happier and just to for them to feel that that it's their home hmm. Um, it's not it, it is our home but it's their home too and to that they're, that they're guests but not but not guests they're, they're family not yeah. guests yeah. i guess i mean one of the important ground rules is probably um just understanding about making space for each other because um, yeah. if you're actually on top of each other all the time that can get quite hard um and generally, I mean, actually, people who've come to stay have liked to have some time to themselves as well. So that's worked out really well. Um, one funny occasion was that we, ha we had a Dutch guy come to work in the church in a gap year. Um, and he's going to work with the uh, young people in the church for 10 months, I guess he was coming for. And... Um, the church knew that we'd lived in the Netherlands, so thought, ah, Brian and Joy have lived in the Netherlands. Let's ask them if Arjan can stay with them. And um, so he arrived and sits down, and we're having our ground rules conversation. <laughs> and Joy just said, um, so um, do you want to do your laundry, you know, just your stuff in the machine or whatever? He looks at us and says, well, that would be silly, wouldn't it? What a waste of energy and, and effort. I know it should all go together. And he kind of almost said it like this, you know, which is very Dutch. It's called Dutch right. Direct, Dutch yeah. Direct. And so we just looked at each other and smiled because this was a quite normal Dutch response, really. Yeah. Um, but I think most British people would have thought he was incredibly rude <laughs> in, in terms of how he was talking yeah. to us in the first 10 minutes in the house. But there we go. <laughs> yeah. but I think it's lovely what you've done. You've opened that channel of communication, you know, and you've said, okay, this is kind of conversation. So then if a month or, you know, so when something came up, you could, you've actually started the dialogue, haven't you? So that you've then got somewhere to go rather than having to almost confront you know, mm. you've actually opened up the conversation and you've said, look, let's just, you know, be open with each other and communicate so that so that we can actually work through any, you know, misunderstandings or, or situations mm. that we might find awkward. Um, so I think that's a really good initial thing, isn't it? Saying, you know, we're open uh, and, and here and we want to have, you know, relationship as well. It's not just about you coming in where you've got this room. We want to actually make this as easy for us all as possible it's like the same thing you do with your own kids isn't it you know you have ground rules and you have that so that you can operate together as a family 
Um, so it'd be interesting to hear, you know, because obviously having the three kids and moving different countries, how is that kind of operated in, in the different phases of life? Yeah, um, I mean, we had, we lived in Chicago in the United States for three and a half years, and we had lots of visitors there. I mean, they were more people coming on on holiday, really, to take advantage, I guess, of us <laughs> living somewhere different. Um, so we didn't actually have anybody living with us uh, long term, just just holidaying, really. But But even with that, we've always felt like we want to make it a safe almost like a retreat time for them if that's what they needed. And and often, especially people in full-time ministry, uh, my experience is that a holiday is, is more than just, you know, a bit of fun. It's actually a time of really re restoration and refreshment. And um, so it's really important to be conscious of that and, and to make the place, the space, for them to be whatever they need to be at that time. And if that's to sleep for the for the two, three weeks, then, you know, then that's fine too. So um, I think for our children, um, it's been great. I mean, all three of them now, I would say, have got open home, um, open door policies, really. Um, even the ones that are a bit more on the introverted side. So it isn't just to do with, you know, you're an extrovert and you mm. love yeah. being around people. Um, and I think for them, it's been a great experience too, in that they have learned to um, get on with people that perhaps they don't know very well, or they wouldn't normally mix with particularly. Um, and actually, Arian, the, the Dutch guy, ended up because he didn't I don't think he had a sister I think he just had brothers I might be wrong but um he he used to call her uh, Rachel his his little sister um and they you know that there's lifelong friendships have been built between mm. us all with with virtually everybody mm. who stayed with us it's a great way to get wedding invitations as no. well, actually, because <laughs> the whole family went to the Netherlands for Arian's yeah, wedding. Yeah, we did. Oh, wow. And the other chap who, who was being made redundant, but his company kept keeping him on and keeping him on and keeping him on as they worked towards yeah. closing the factory so that he was there for that 18 months in the end. We went to his wedding as well. So, yeah, we so it's worth it just to get wedding invitations. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> blessed to be a blessing, eh? <laughs> But I think that's the difference between it being sort of a formal, you're, yeah, sure. you're lodging in our home, um, where there probably isn't that same relationship. Mm. Whereas mm. when you've the idea that they're family and. Mm. Um, I guess in time, you just end up doing these things more and more naturally. It just becomes part of life. Um, so even like when we moved, I mean, we did want a good size house so that our children and grandchildren can all visit together. So we were keen to do that. But actually, a big driver was actually having space to be able to have people in our home, um, because that's what we've already done. So we wouldn't ever have considered buying somewhere where, you know, we couldn't have a decent sized barbecue with lots of people in the garden or whatever. Yeah whether that's, you know, people from church or whether it's neighbours and getting to know neighbours. Uh, I think all of those aspects are important. And it was interesting when um, Jonathan, our son, got married to Rosie, um, 
in his speech, he actually um, referred to the fact that we were constantly having people in our home, and he hoped that that was how it was going to be for his and Rosie's home. Mm. Um, so, you know, as Joey says, it's in, it's interesting, I guess, you know, you model things as you're raising your children, and it's it's heartening and, I guess, rewarding when actually you hear them say, actually, this mattered to me and I recognized the value of it uh, and you know he, he wasn't he was 21 before we heard that but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually it's, it's great that that's how he felt about it and he didn't resent it actually as well that was really it was really nice to hear that yeah we found whenever our kids were we lived for a time in the the YWAM training center and had a lot of adults around the kids uh, the two girls being the more interactive age and there was a, a maturing of their conversation that happened because they were interacting with more I mean it was 18 19 20 year olds and I guess it would be similar for your kids as well that, that having more uh, folks in in and around than, than just their parents it, it levels up their maturity their confidence they're even like you're saying if they're introverted but still having confidence to connect with another human being uh, yeah I think that's probably one of the side benefits to it all too yeah yeah, and of course, one of the difficulties we've found um, with lockdown is we've not been able to do any of this. It's been ah, really quite hard on top of all the other, you know, things that everyone else is dealing with. It's just felt really strange and we're champing at the bit to be able to get people inside as well as outside. So um, we're nearly there, but... Um, yeah, yeah, we're certainly looking been... forward to coming down and, and seeing your new place. Haven't been down to see you guys yet. <laughs> no, not no. you're not being here yet. So you, you, um, Liz and John have been, but uh, yeah. but you haven't been yet. Yeah. So, yeah, we're we're um, we found I found that really difficult. It's been the, one of the hardest things, um, as well as not seeing family. Mm. Yeah, it's one of the things that Deborah and I are talking about in terms of some project to do here, maybe is acknowledging the difficulties of this last year like you're saying for you joy that this has been a particular grief that maybe other people wouldn't have experienced during this last year uh, who are, haven't had this as normal part of their everyday life uh, and it is it's important to acknowledge these things these costs mm -hmm. and be able to grieve or give them back to the lord and say god this is uh, something that i felt the cost of and yeah it's important to process that sort of stuff and and it helps i think it also helps you see where your true values lie. You know, the things that you've missed the most, you think actually that is a real value for me because I've missed it. Mm. Yeah, very true. So I think we covered a lot of the questions. We talked a little bit about how you guys work together in terms of your heart for that and how that's developed. Um, have you got any lessons from times that things haven't gone to plan or where it just kind of didn't work out the way you thought it was going to? Why do you say that, but probably not. We were, we were talking about this yeah. earlier as we were traveling up the uh, M11 and uh, there really isn't any any disaster times at all there's nothing there was I can't I couldn't think of anything we, we did have a one of our early lodgers probably we we had when I think the economy was bad it might have been after the financial crash and we thought oh, we'll, just, oh, we'll make no a work, little bit you? of extra income because i had not much work and we took on a, a um 
the local secondary school where Rachel went was looking for families prepared to take in a couple of teachers that they were going to have for a year or whatever, mm. or six language. months. They were language language, assistants. The language assistants, yes. And we had one of those. Um, and he was a lovely chap, but we hadn't done the ground rules bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we've never had so much smoke floating around the bottom of the house because he fried <laughs> everything in a wok and created clouds of smoke every time he cooked. And, and it's funny that these little things could have become an irritation. But I mean, to be fair, he was a lovely. He was a lovely guy. He just had a different. Yeah. Um, lifestyle to us shall we but say but actually i mean he wasn't a christian that was the i think he's one of the only sort of non-christians that we've had for any length of time living with us because he was with us for an academic year wasn't he yeah. september to june or something like that and um yeah it it was really interesting um because he had no no faith uh, in fact he was quite interested in chinese stuff wasn't he so yeah. it was it was a it, there was a lot of prayer went on that time and a lot of interesting conversations with him and and i think you know it was it was an interesting lesson for us but also uh, hopefully a really helpful time for him too uh, sure. just questioning things and but yeah we had to redecorate the kitchen after he'd left so that was <laughs> <laughs> and then the ground yeah, rules came in after that did they <laughs> <laughs> no before that was the crazy thing the trouble is once once you've i don't know once you started it's yeah. harder to do the ground rules yeah. halfway through isn't it you know that's yeah. why it, it's important to get them in straight away. Absolutely. <laughs> so. well, it's such a key, you know, because it is it is definitely easier to talk about things up front and be on the same page yeah. than have to rework it as you go. It is. So what about any other tips for people who want to, you know, maybe they're new to the, the whole thing of like hospitality and the idea of, you know, even just having people over for a meal. Um, any other tips apart from the ground? I mean, you don't necessarily need ground rules if you've got someone over for lunch on a Sunday, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I think um, start. Hmm. Because actually people put it off for so long yeah. um, often because they're oh, people won't like my food or people won't like my house or people might not like me or... But actually just start because generally... People love getting together, particularly over a meal. And I mean, it's why it's one of the things that is missing at the moment when people do alpha courses, yeah. but it's a wonderful icebreaker. And I, I remember when we were at Spring Harvest one year, um, someone shared a picture of how in the UK um, we have fields and the sheep are in the fields, but there's hedges or fences all around them to keep them in. And they just compared it to Australia where they raise sheep and there are no fences, but they have water holes and the sheep gather at the water holes. Mm. Um, otherwise they'll go thirsty. Right. Um, so they don't need the fences, but it was just as an example of, so what are you doing yeah. that makes it attractive to people and draws people in um, rather than having to corral them in order to keep them, if you like. Um, and actually, for our life group, our small group during the week, um, when it wasn't too big, we often ate before we had the more formal part of the meeting in terms of you know, worship and um, looking at Bible and praying. Yeah. 
Um, and actually, it was a great time where people got to know each other much more and it breaks down barriers, I think. So, yeah, I'd say the main thing um, in terms of hospitality is just start because you'll probably find people are very grateful to have been asked. Yeah. The other thing I would say is um, it, I tend to... Left to my own devices, I would just have people in the house all the time. Yeah. It's just how I am. And um, Brian's not quite there yet with that, <laughs> which is fine. Such a big smile on Brian's face when you said that. <laughs> um, so I, I think the other thing is that we, we have learned over the years um, to make sure that we're, we're both okay with the kind of the level of people we've got coming and and learn to to adjust that if work's particularly stressful or, or something else is going on where we perhaps do need a bit more space and an example of that is um this more elderly couple that i was telling you about earlier and they came for dinner and they were telling us just how awful it was where they lived and they didn't know how they we're going to manage to move and, and all this. And I'm there thinking, I just want to say to them, come in and move in now. Come on, go get your bags and you can move in now. We've got room for you. But I thought, oh, I can't say that in case Brian doesn't. Yeah. But apparently he was sat thinking the same thing. So as soon as they as soon as they'd gone home, we're like, well, what about they could come and live with and he's like, Yeah, yeah, well, they could, they could. So you know, we rang them straight away and said come so i think in the early days i might just have blurted out oh yeah. come we've got room you know we'd love to have you live with us as long as you need to but i i think it's good that you it's it's got to be teamwork it's got to be you both working together mm. um and one not resenting the decision that the others made it's got to be sort of a joint thing but i mean i think now we we know pretty well True. what the other one think after all these years together um, i mean having someone to stay is life impacting yeah so it is. I, that's why i'd say for something like that have a conversation but one of the other interesting things is that we have had people stay with us and then you might hear other people passing comment about them and you think that's not these people Sure. And it's how it's interesting sometimes how you actually get to know people when they come to stay and maybe depth in their character or aspects of their character that are great that aren't apparent to others. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it, it makes you think as well, don't judge people by the cover. Yeah. Yeah. And when people come to stay, you get to know more than the cover. You get to see what's inside as well. Well, then, of course, they get to know you as well. With, like you say, are you good at early morning people? And it's it's just, you know, you're aware of all those little things that yeah. when you're on your own, you can vent a little bit or whatever. Yeah, but also you discover that they delight in your humour, which is yeah, fantastic. Well, right. Supposed humour, yeah, yeah. It's important, I find, to have people around and to have people to stay because they laugh at my jokes in a way that my wife doesn't. <laughs> the same joke again, you mean? That's what never accuses me of. <laughs> I just think, though, that you've talked about so many people over the years, you know, and, and you know, I'm sure 
the house that you're living in now may be a wee bit different to the fir- the first house you had. Uh, and just the fact of having that open heart and that generosity doesn't need to be once you've made a certain standard. Uh, I was rem- thinking of a story. Not. Yeah, I was thinking of a story of another relative of Deborah's who, uh, on the other end of it, she was uh, studying to be a midwife. Uh, there's a good number of years ago and was invited out by the local church and young family invited around for dinner. And uh, this particular relative is quite blunt. She, you could accuse her of being Dutch. And uh, <laughs> she uh, had a good time, a good chat and, and whatever else. And the couple says, oh, and we'd love to, to invite you around f- for lunch again another week. And she says, that would be lovely. Tell me, is it always so cold? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, re- the reason she said that was this is a very young young couple who were just married and students and couldn't afford a lot of heating couldn't whatever and so the next time that, that this uh, person came around for dinner to this young couple's house uh, she brought around an old gas heater with an, a spare gas canister right. uh, for the couple and I just thought that's such a beautiful picture of of hospitality it's not just when you give like you invite somebody around but that presence of mind, that that desire to bless as a guest as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's just something in there about you don't need to have made a certain standard before you can welcome somebody in your house no. as well as being a giver, whether you're there as a guest or not. Yeah, I mean, I started off in my one-bedroom flat, my one-bedroom council flat in Warrington. Um, and every Thursday night there was an open invitation for all the other single people in church to come. And they had to tell me if they weren't coming rather than that they were, because I've, sure. I've, I mean, that's another tip really. Um, don't wait for people to invite them. Well, so if you say, oh, you know, get in touch when you want to come for a meal, people don't tend to do that. Generally. So if you say, come, Come every Thursday. You, you. I'm expecting you to come every Thursday, unless you tell me you're not coming. And virtually every Thursday they came. Whereas if I'd said, um, "Let me know if you're if you're coming," yeah. they probably wouldn't have done mm. so. And and so that started off. And and sometimes, you know, I didn't have much money at all. I was a young physio and scraping. So we'd eat, just eat vegetables together, you know, but it was actually, it wasn't the food, thankfully, it wasn't the food, it was the, it was the, it was the getting together and the, and the welcome and the, the fellowship, um, to use a, you know, a Christian term, but, um, and, and it kind of grew from there really, didn't it? Mm. Once we got married, we carried on with that actually. And for years and years had these Thursday nights. And actually for years after we'd moved to the States, the, the that little group of people who were still single as it got smaller and smaller, still met together regularly, didn't they? they? Did. So it, you they know, it, it, That's great. And it, actually there was uh, a guy that I was uh, mentor for at work um, he actually came along every week as well. So there was this one non-Christian guy with all of us Christians um, <laughs> as well, which was great. But we had a, we had a really good time. We had fun, and it, that wasn't a lot of space. That was a no, that was a two-bedroom Victorian house or whatever. So it was really pretty compact. Um, but yeah, no, we had great fun. Even when Joy had a new carpet, she wanted to have put down. 
you know, the guys all turned into apes from Greystoke, which was the movie that was out <laughs> at the time, bounding around in her uh, lounge, putting, taking up the old carpet and putting the new one down. So you can imagine, you know, you? <laughs> So you can have great fun when you attend hospitality events. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. It just makes me think of uh, friends of ours um, a few years ago wanted to get married, but they didn't necessarily have the money to do, you know, the big wedding and stuff. Um, and they, it was just a small wedding. I think there was maybe about 50, although that's kind of a big wedding these days, isn't it? But pre-COVID. And they were just kind of, they just hired a place out and, and said, look, we're just going to do a potluck wedding reception. So just bring something in New York or my kind of organisational mind is like, well, why don't you rota people and you can do this and you can do that and whatever. And they were like, just bring something. And, you know, it was absolutely wonderful. There was something, mm. you know, I mean, it wasn't your typical combination of food at all. You know, <laughs> it was like somebody brought a lasagna and then someone else brought a side of salmon and someone else brought a cheese board and someone else brought Ukrainian caviar and... But it was just, there was something so lovely about the mix of it, you know, and it was just, um, it really added to the atmosphere of the day, you know, rather than being complicated and formal and stuff, it just meant, it was, I don't know, there's just something really lovely about it. So even that, you think, um, and it, it did feel like, it was still felt like hospitality, you know, like that kind of we're here together and the whole feel of the day was just lovely. Um, and I think, yeah, sometimes we maybe overcomplicate things, don't we? We do. And, you know, you look back to the life of Jesus and, you know, a lot in the Gospels, we hear a lot of him just hanging out with folk and eating with them. And, you know, I'm coming to your house tonight that, you know, that sort of thing. And um, he modeled something. I'm sure he was really chilled and a great guest to have as well, you know, really easy to have. And um, I think, um, you know, we, we just, following what he's modeled really um that is one yeah. of the things that as we were you know preparing beforehand thinking about you guys obviously i'm a blow into this uh, friendship uh, <laughs> a late comer uh, i get the blessing of all deborah's amazing people that she knows and uh, the the just the, the the time we did spend down with you guys for a few days uh, in your old house and just thinking about when jesus says that he's going to prepare a room for us in his father's house i had that same uh, that uh, that feeling of atmosphere you guys weren't there when we when we arrived uh, i can't remember this all the ins and outs of it. You, conference. i think you were away do yeah you were that's busy. right yeah 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 so just sent you a kick. we came into this house which was prepared for us and i just yeah. think it's such a wonderful reflection of the nature and character of of jesus that you guys model uh, and so I do want to honour you guys for that and just to say that those things are noticed by others. And, um, you know, we don't know, do we, in this life, the uh, ripples out from from small acts of kindness, from whether it be from a year and a half in, in your house or just a meal. Uh, but mm. uh, like you're saying, if we just model ourselves after who Jesus is, uh, great things can happen. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Indeed. <laughs> Well, it's been a great time to chat to Hank. Um, there's certainly a lot of things, you know, part of our heart with these conversations is that, uh, you know, often we, we can hear the big name speakers, we can hear these wonderful present presentations about uh, what we can and can't do. And sometimes somehow it all, all feels accessible yet inaccessible. Uh, and and what we our desire is with a lot of these is to just to talk about normal everyday stuff and how we can welcome mm -hmm. 
the supernatural or welcome the the life of of living as born again believers in in crazy ways and to normalize i think you guys model that so well uh it's like i said truly those things that that will reverberate for eternity well fantastic to chat to you guys thank you so much for taking the time to chat brian and joy it's been uh, really edifying really strengthening and hopefully encouraging to anybody listening that they too can enjoy open up their homes whether it be for a meal or or something more um and yeah just the 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 blessings that can come from that oh pleasure thanks for having us you're welcome yeah till next time everybody uh see you soon mm-hmm.